Colossians chapter 1. In January of 1879, who's really good at math and can think about how many years ago that was? <laughs> Ooh, it's way too early in the morning for that, isn't it? What's that? 142. I believe you. I haven't figured it out, so I believe you. <laughs> It's about that anyway. It's a long time ago, okay? In January of 1879, Thomas Edison had built his first high-resistance incandescent electric light bulb. It worked by passing electricity through a thin platinum filament in a glass vacuum bulb. This delayed the filament from melting. I learned so much about the light bulb this week. It's amazing. But even this lamp uh, that he created would only last or burn for a few short hours. So in order to improve the light bulb, Thomas Edison needed to test thousands and thousands of other materials to use for the filaments. Finally, one day the quote light bulb went on. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that good, I know, but anyway. Edison started using carbonized materials for the filament. He began baking them so they would carbonize, and he started using them. And so then he began to test every fiber possible. I mean, he was getting fibers from uh, jungles and all kinds of different places. He tested almost every plant imaginable. Edison became so invested in perfecting the light bulb that he famously said this, I haven't failed, I have just found 10,000 ways that it won't work. Thomas Edison became extremely knowledgeable about what did and did not work in the light bulb. What worked for a little bit and what worked for a long time. His knowledge and his continued pursuit of knowledge helped him to become the successful inventor and invest in the lives of people all around the world with the light bulb. We all have them now. Over 140 years ago, thank you, Randy, we understand that we have these things now because somebody got invested in it. Somebody invested their lives into it. It is said that that light bulb, that first light bulb, would have cost $40,000 in that day. So around $80,000 in today's money, one light bulb. Can you imagine? But that's how much time, that's how much investment he had put. So now let me ask you this question. Have you ever had a light bulb moment? Where the lights actually went on in your brain? Where you finally understood something that you had been so confused about for so long? We've all had light bulb moments. I love cartoons. And the light bulb actually literally comes above their head and turns on. I have an idea. We've all had them. Those light bulb moments are extremely useful in our lives. Just like the actual light bulb, we understand these, this is a useful experience in our lives. And these types of things have come. I remember figuring out that my parents weren't as dumb as some other people thought their parents were. I remember it. I remember my parents had a rule that uh, I could not go anywhere with my friends that there was not an adult present. Um, it had to be a parent usually of some sort. It couldn't just go and there was adults there, but it had to be someone that they knew and that they trusted. I basically hated that rule. 
because all my friends would get together without me and have a good time, and I, they would come to school the next day and tell me about all the fun they had and say, you missed out and all of these different things. And I said, well, my parents made this rule that I can't go anywhere unless there's an adult there. And there were times where, yeah, you know, we'd go to somebody's house and their parents were going to be there, et cetera, et cetera. My literal thought process was this, and I hate to even tell you this because it's so dumb, but really, how much trouble can a 16-year-old boy actually get into? That was my thought process. And I know it sounds dumb, but that's, that's where I was at. I thought this many times until one day I found out that the night previous, a group of people had done some not-so-good things. And I began to realize, like, oh, I could have been a part of that. I could have been in a position that I did not want to be in. And so, if you will, I had a light bulb moment. Light bulb just went on. My parents are protecting me from things that I don't want to be involved in. Whoa, my parents actually know what they're talking about. Light bulb moment. We've, those information or that information has helped me so much in my life. When I realize, hey, my parents know what they're talking about. You know how many times now as 16 years later, how many times I go to my parents and say, hey, I need your advice on something. It has literally changed my life. Knowledge helps us invest our lives, not to squander it. You see, Thomas Edison had knowledge. He had to gain knowledge. He had to test thousands and thousands and thousands of different things, not to figure out what works, but to figure out what doesn't work. That's knowledge. And he invested that knowledge and continued. Peter Lynch, an American investor and mutual fund manager, is famous for saying, invest in what you know. Invest in what you know. He says, listen, if you don't know about Tesla, don't invest in Tesla. If you don't know, understand how it works, if you don't understand the company, if you just can't seem to figure it out, do not invest in it. He was quick, however, to give a slight caveat. He said this, you must continue to learn. You must continue to learn. He said, basically, if you walk into a Starbucks and you really enjoy the coffee and you think, this is something that I want, don't invest in it just because you enjoy the coffee. You need to spend some time. You need to learn about Starbucks and their business model and how they do business and understand them. He said this, if you're a restaurant owner and you're in the restaurant business, you might be able to notice that Chipotle and Panera Bread are going to do very well. They, they have. They've done very well because you can see that you've learned the restaurant business. You can see that much more than if somebody is in the steel industry. Much different. And so this is important that we must continue to learn. Our knowledge is important in investing. Many people make the mistake of resting on their laurels, as it's been said. They reminisce about how much knowledge they currently have. They stay there. But honestly, if we are going to invest in the kingdom of God, we must invest with knowledge. And so all of you, as I look across this room, have been in church for quite some time. It's not like you're just uh, coming for the first time today, but you've been in church, you've, you've gained some knowledge, maybe you've gone to Sunday school and all these different things, you, you've gained knowledge, but listen, don't rest there. If we're going to invest properly, we must continue to learn. So I want to give you this message that I've entitled this morning, simply investment knowledge. Investment knowledge, it's found in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. 
finished verse 8 last week, the Bible says this, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Paul, just let me stop here just for a second. Paul, understanding how the love that the Colossians had for other people. You see that in verse 8. Who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. When we heard that you were doing these things, you were loving, we ceased not to pray for you and to desire that you would be filled with the knowledge of the will of God. Do you understand what he's saying? You've got love. You've been showing brotherly love. You've been invested in other people's life. You've had patience. You've been long-suffering. You've been all of these different things. But beyond that, we want you to continue to gain knowledge. Verse 10. Why? That you might walk worthy of the Lord and the all-pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll jump right into this. Father, thank you so much for this day, for all that you've done for us. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Father, help it to never just stop there. May we continue to invest. May we continue to learn. May we continue to understand who you are. That we might continue to invest in who you are. Continue to invest our lives into the kingdom of God as you so aptly did for us while you gave your life. And it's our reasonable service to give our lives back to you. Father, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Knowledge is so important in investing. And if you just do a little bit of research, I just googled a few things. It's important to know what it is that you're investing. So if we're going to invest in the kingdom of God, is it not logical that we know what we're investing in that we understand to what we're giving our lives to i i I believe knowledge in investing will help you maximize your return you can see things you're not you're not being reactive you're being proactive you're not watching the market and saying oh it's starting to drop i need to get out or vice versa in fact you could be saying listen ah I see some things happening far before they ever happen, and you can make wise decisions. So let me ask this question. How do you gain knowledge for your investment in the kingdom of God? How do you gain knowledge in your investment in the kingdom of God? I hope you have an idea. Let's go number one. Number one is very simply research. Research. Do your research. When I was in high school, we had to write what we we called research papers. The thing I hated about research papers was the 4x6 cards and the 3x5 cards. I don't know, I'm old, all right? It's official. I'm old. And we had to write everything down on 4x6 cards. And then we had to write a rough draft. And then we had to write a second rough draft before our final draft. This was not typing when I was in high school, (laughs) which is crazy. I had to hand write them out. My final draft could be typed. But my rest of them had to be handwritten. And I remember thinking, why in the world am I going to write this paper four times? I'm, I'm just going to write it once. And so I would literally, basically copy the exact same thing down again. I would never rewrite it. Three by five cards were bibliography cards. You had to show, you had to source every piece of information that you got. I hated the writing part. I hated the bibliography. I hated that part. But you know what I loved? research. 
I loved researching. I loved getting a, and listen, again, I'm old. I got an encyclopedia out. An encyclopedia, and I slammed that thing on the desk in the library, and I began peeling through the pages looking for information. I would get autobiographies out. I would get biographies out. I would get all these different things. And then as like grade 11, grade 12, the internet started to come in, and I began using the internet. And understanding, and then you had to cite the internet sources. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun because I learned things that I never knew before. It was exciting. Obviously, the more interesting the subject to me, the more invested in the research I became. I enjoyed studying people. As, I said, as I've said before, in grade five, I did a research paper on George Washington. I enjoyed that. I cheated on that one, if you don't remember. I plagiarized the entire encyclopedia because I didn't want to write. But I enjoyed learning about him. All of these different things that we've put into our lives. Today we live in a world that is full of research. Full. If I had a nickel for every time I read or heard this statement, do your research in the last year, I would be a millionaire. Because I've seen it all over the place. We all know the problem with this, right? If we do our research in today's society, the internet is tailored to our interests. It, it, it knows how we Google things. It knows what we've looked up in the past. It, it, and it does these things. If, if, it's as if we are in an electronic echo chamber. It just keeps feeding us the same information. If you want to look up the health benefits of wearing a mask, guess what you'll find? The health benefits of wearing a mask. If you want to find the health detriment of wearing a mask, guess what you'll find? The health detriments of wearing a mask. It's just going to happen. You're going to find that. And so doing your research in today's society on the internet is not exactly doing your research. So it's interesting. We need something. that Today you have the opportunity to fill your mind with unimaginable information. I can look up just about anything I want. I can Google anything. It's amazing. But not all that information is true. Not all that information is accurate. Not all that information is important. When considering our investment in the kingdom of God, we ought to go to the source of the information. The word of God. This is the truth. John 17, 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Man, this is important. If we're going to invest in the kingdom of God and we're going to do our research, we must go to the source of truth. Psalm 119, verses 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It shows us, it illuminates us. Shows us which direction we Ought to go. Luke 4 and verse 4, the Bible says, And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. That's how we ought to live. We ought to be researching. We ought to be understanding. We ought to be digging. We ought to be trying to find. We ought to be uh, searching the scriptures daily, as the Bible says, about the Berean church. So let me challenge you this morning very simply do your research. Do your research. Dig a little bit. Find out what God is trying to tell you. And listen, I want to caution you. Be careful of listening to other men. 
myself included. Listen, I, I try to be as biblical and as doctrinal as possible, but let me warn you, be careful. It ought to be backed up with the Word of God. When you're listening to other men and you're digging and reading commentaries, and I think you ought to do those things. Listen, just be careful. This is the truth. If it goes against this, throw it out. If something I say goes against this, throw it out. Don't use it. If something any of our staff members say goes against the Bible, throw it out because it's the Bible, it's the truth. It is that objective lens that we ought to be looking at life through. The Bible says this, uh, Proverbs chapter 15 in verse 14. The Bible says, The heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge. But the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. The heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge. He just can't stop. It just seeks after it, just digs after it, wants it. You understand 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rarely do we classify ourselves as workmen when it comes to the study and the research of the Word of God. There are all kinds of men that I would say are hard workers in our church. But how many can we classify as hard workers of the Word of God? Digging, understanding, spending time. Do your research. Again, this takes far more than just reading a book. This takes far more than just reading a day. We've given you a chapter a day to read. Listen, that's wonderful, that's great. I think you ought to do that. But if we're going to research, if we're going to study, it's going to take far more than just reading the chapter. This is going to take that chapter and ask yourself, how can I invest my life in the kingdom of God? Ask yourself that question on every chapter. Maybe you have to ask yourself, I wonder why the author wrote that. Maybe you'll have to go back somewhere and do a word search. What is the purpose of this particular verse in this particular place? Dig. Research. Figure this thing out. If we're going to invest in the kingdom of God, God has given us the word of God. Why in the world would he give us this if he did not want us to use it, to understand it, to study it, so that we might invest Properly. Paul says in here in verse 9 in Colossians chapter 1. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. And desire that ye might be, watch now, filled with the knowledge of his will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Paul says here that his desire is that we are filled. Filled with the knowledge of God. Can, can I seriously ask you a question this morning? Are you filled, not with the Spirit, but with the knowledge of God? Or do you, would you just, I mean, be honest with yourself. Or would you say, I have a basic knowledge, a basic understanding. I think, I think if anybody else is like me, we would say, I have a basic understanding. We have a basic understanding. And listen, I want you to think back through even history or modern history. And think about people that we look to. Like George Mueller, D.L. Moody, Billy Sunday, I mean, Charles Spurgeon, all of these men. Listen, do you think they just had a casual understanding of who God was? 
No, these men we look to because they were great investors in the kingdom of God. There is no doubt in my mind that they researched, they studied, they understood who God was. They spent a great deal of time doing it. Not just a limited supply, but filled. So again, let me encourage you this morning, do your research. Do your research, gain knowledge, and I believe this. When you do your research, you're going to gain knowledge. You're going to find some things. Number two, I want you to see after your research, number two, just try. Just try it. Try it out. See if it works. As you figure new things out, guess what? Start trying them. Start putting them into practice. Thomas Edison invented the incandescent light bulb, not simply by doing research. Let me say that again. He invented the light bulb not by simply doing research. He gained a ton of knowledge. But guess what he had to do? He had to start trying things. He had to start putting things into practice. Let's try a cotton fiber and see what happens. In fact, he even tried, I mean, he tried every plant fiber there was. And then he, just, he found out that carbonization would last longer. So he tried that. Before long, he came up with the light bulb. By trying different things, he would take it to the next level. During your research, you will come across things that God wants you to do. How God wants you to invest your life. Start implementing them. Let me give you an example. John 13 and verse 17. The Bible says this, If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. This is important. Happy are ye if ye do them. I know them, and if I do them, that's when I start becoming happy. This verse is part of some teaching that Jesus was doing on being a servant. Servanthood is the greatest calling any of us can ever have, he's basically saying. If you want to be great, you must be the lowest. So he says, if you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. So this is part of the teaching. Most of us would say, hold on a second. You're telling me that in order to be great, I need to be a servant? That doesn't even make sense. Most of us think if, if we're logical, we think being a leader and having servants serve us is how you, what is better. And that, that would make me happy, right? But God twists things and does things just a little bit differently than we think so your research has given you a new perspective on investing. If I'm going to invest properly, I need to be a servant. I need to be a servant to those around me. So let me encourage you, go try it. Go try it. Go put that into practice. Start being a servant and see if it gives you a return. I can almost guarantee you it will. It will give you happiness. I want you to keep your finger here in Colossians chapter 1, but go over to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Verse 22, the Bible says this. But be ye doers of the word. And not hearers only, 
watch this, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, the Bible, and continueth therein, he, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Wow. I mean, if I want to be someone who is blessed, if I want to see a, the greatest return on my investment, I'm going to look into the perfect law of liberty, and I'm going to continue therein, and I'm going to do what I have learned. That's when I will be blessed. Most of us have invested something into our appearance this morning. Thank you for that. We've invested, we've gotten in front of a mirror, and we've put in time, and we've put in effort, and we've done a little bit of research as to what makes our face look the best, and we blew our hair a certain way to help our face look a little bit better, and maybe some of us need to put a mask on to make our face look a little bit better. We do our research, and when we do something about it, getting in front of that mirror, and seeing that our hair is all out of whack, seeing that our teeth are scummy and gross, we look at ourselves and we go, I need to do something about that. Listen, begin trying some things. I, I have no doubt in my mind that God has laid some things on your heart. Not far before this message. God is poking you and prodding you and saying, hey, I want you to try some things. And you've maybe seen that through the scripture and he's allowed you to see that. Would, can I encourage you? Try it. Put yourself out there. Step out in faith and begin trying, investing your life into it. Start doing the things you learn. When you do, you will be blessed in your, in your deed. I had the opportunity to read recently that the ways of Jesus is not a way, but it is the way. It is the way to live our lives. The only way to get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. John chapter 14 and verse 6. All of us here would understand that. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Listen, there is only one way to eternal life. But it doesn't just stop at eternal life. I believe in this life. He has come that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. And he's prescribed it here in the word of God. This is the way that you want to invest. The way we live our lives to the fullest is to live it the way it was intended to be lived. Our human nature messes this up though, doesn't it? Human nature decides that we want to do what we want to do and we begin uh, 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 rationalizing the things that we want to rationalize. And so we must begin by doing the things that we find in our research must research and then try them. And as you begin to try these things and put them into practice, you will see the need, hopefully, to number three, invest. Invest. Often when we try something, again, if we're looking at an investment, and if we're a cautious investor or a researched investor, we just don't, we're not sure about something what do we do? We just kind of dip our toes in. 
we'll put a little money in there and see what happens. And if all things go as planned, then what we will do is then we will take a larger sum of money and we will put it in that same investment. Because it seems to be working out. We've done our research. We've tried it a little bit. We've dipped our toes in the water. But when we realize this is the right direction we ought to go, invest. Pour the coals to it. Old training metaphor. Not just trying, but investing. You know what this is? This is just further confirmation that you are increasing in knowledge. It's just further confirmation. Hey, if I'm going to put all of my resources, if I'm going to put everything I have into that, you must know what you're speaking about. You must know what you're doing. But a good investor will invest. Let me say that again because it's logical, right? A good investor will invest. A good investor just doesn't like play around a little bit. A good investor like Warren Buffett doesn't just play around a little bit. He eventually invests. He gets into it. But a good investor will not only just invest, he will continue to gain knowledge. He will continue to gain knowledge. And guess what a good investor will continue to do? He will continue to try new things. And a good investor will continue to try new things and he will continue to invest. You understand that? Most of us are just content to invest a little and leave it there. I'll be honest with you. If, if I was in, I'm not in the stock market. I don't have enough money to be in the stock market. But if I was in the stock market, I would be putting $1,000 in. And then when I got my $1,000 back, I'd pull that $1,000 out. And say, enough's enough. I got my $1,000. I'm not gambling anymore. And just let it go and let it see where it goes. You know what that is, right? That's gambling. That's all that is. If I'm going to invest, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to do my research. I'm going to study. I'm going to put a little bit of money in. And when things go well, I'm going to put more money in, more money in. I'm going to pour the coals to it. And I become an investor. And I'm studying the, the, the business and, and the business theology and trying to understand all its intricacies and how it works. And I'm beginning to pour more and more and more and more money into this thing. Listen, that's investment. Just throwing a little bit of money is gambling. And listen, here we are sitting in churches all over the place, specifically us in Bible Baptist Church, and we're content to just dabble. We're content to just put a little bit in. And, you know, I'll, I believe in God, and I, I trust Him with my eternal salvation, but you know what? I don't really want to give my entire life to Him. I don't really want to spend all my time researching. I don't really want to spend all my time trying new things and understanding what God wants me to do for today. I just want to put a little bit in and just coast through life. I honestly believe this, that that is not what God intended for our lives. Oh, it's good. Don't get me wrong. It's a great life to do that. But if you want to fulfill what God has intended for you, then you must, you must gain knowledge. Continue to try, to continue to invest, and continue to research, and continue to try, and continue to invest, and continue to research, and continue to try, and continue 
to invest. That's true investment. Most of us get to a certain point and we're like, that's good. That's good. Here's the thing about the difference between the stock market and God. God never fails. When you invest in God, guess what? It's pressed down and shaken together and overflowing. You're going to see a return on your investment. You 100% are guaranteed a return on your investment. If you give a cup of cold water in my name, you've done it unto me. You're going to see a return on your investment. Look at the results of investing with knowledge. Go to Colossians chapter 1 again. Look at verse 10. Verse 9, it says, I desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. For what purpose? Watch now. That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Hello, number one, you start pleasing God. You mean that's possible? Yeah. Imagine that. How many of you, again, please don't raise your hand, but how many of you would classify your life as consistently and constantly pleasing God? I can't raise my hand there. I disappoint God far more than I please him, I believe. Listen, if we will invest in knowledge, we will understand who he is, that we might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. I want to please my God, but it doesn't stop there. Watch this. Being fruitful in every good work. Return on investment. You're, being, you're gaining fruit that will abound to your account. Every good work that you do, everything you put your hand to, everything that you do unto the Lord, it will return fruit. Spiritual fruit. All kinds of different fruit that you will have, but it doesn't stop there. Continues. And you will increase in the knowledge of God. I don't, I don't know about you, but there's times in my life when I'll gain some knowledge from God and I'll put it into practice. I'll try it and it begins to work out very well and I begin throwing more and more time and effort into that thing. Guess what I want to do? I want to find something else. Give me another one. That was so much fun. I want to increase, I want to gain more and more knowledge of God. But it doesn't stop there. Look at verse 11. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. Paul says, most gladly therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities. Why? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul was investing, he was giving up his life, investing it into the kingdom of God. Why? That the power of Christ might rest upon I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Philippians 4.13. I can do it. Why? Because of Christ. Because I have spent my time giving my life to him. Because I've increased in knowledge. Because I've invested. Because I've been patient. Very simply, he says, and you'll gain more patience at the end of the verse, unto all patience and long-suffering, not just patience and long-suffering, but with joyfulness. Woohoo! Patience and long-suffering. This is so good. God has given me the ability to be patient and long-suffering. The more you know about God, 
the more you become like him. The more you know about God, the more you become like him. You'll have his strength. You'll have his power. You'll have his patience. You'll have his long-suffering. He will make you fruitful in every good work. You will be pleasing to him. You will get to the end of your life, and you will stand before him, and you will hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. We're going to spend some time someday in this series looking at the talents. The talents the story when God has given us and those men invested, guess what was said to them? Well done, a good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things, I will make thee ruler over many. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Listen, to whom much is given shall much be required. If you start researching, I want you to understand this, much is going to be required of you. So this is not just a, I'll try researching a little bit. This is either you get in or you get out. This is either you are hot or cold. None of this lukewarm stuff. If you're going to invest, you're going to have to gain knowledge. You're going to have to increase in knowledge. And you're going to have to continue. And you're going to have to put it into practice. You have to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer. And then pour the coals to it. Just begin throwing everything that you have into that thing. Listen, you will never regret it. You will receive a return on your investment. You will be pleasing to God. You'll be fruitful unto every good work. You will be strengthened with might. You will have patience. What a wonderful thing but it takes some work to get started. So my challenge to you is simply this morning, what are you going to do to increase in knowledge this week? Let's just start with this week. What are you gonna do to increase in knowledge this week? Please don't let your answer be read my Bible. I mean that with all sincerity. Don't let that be your answer. I challenge you to study, research, and then use that information to try something new this week. You don't have to tell me about it, but I challenge you to tell someone else about it. Have some sort of accountability partner. Maybe it's your spouse. I learned this, and I'm going to try this this week. Try it. Begin seeing God work in your life, investing with knowledge. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for the opportunity that you've given us to be here. Father, I pray that as we look at our lives, May we honestly ask ourselves, are we filled with knowledge? As we look into our lives, may we seriously ask ourselves, am I invested in the kingdom of God? Or am I just gambling? Am I just coasting? Whatever it is, Father, convict our heart. Show us where we're wrong. Show us how we can be better. Show us how we can invest our lives more effectively in your kingdom. Father, we pray there's one here today that does not know you as personal Savior. They don't know that you are the way, the truth, the life. And I pray that today would be their day of salvation. 
Father, give us a good, good day today.